Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Hallelujah. Someone say praise the Lord. You just get to hear all kinds of me tonight, so... I apologize. Tried to keep the announcement short. I tried to do well. All right, you know. <clears throat> Since I'm going to be talking a lot here, um, I just want to say what an honor it is to be here, to be able to uh, be behind this pulpit. I want to give honor to Pastor, uh, who is not here because we all know he's preparing for another church camp. And the fact that I think I say this probably every time, but it rings true every time that uh, it's an honor that he's able to trust me being behind here while he is gone. It's a big trust, and I know he says oftentimes about other churches that don't have that opportunity, that the pastors cannot leave because the church wouldn't function, the church wouldn't operate, but um, I'm so glad that he can entrust me to that, and I'm so glad that I have the rest of this ministry that I'm able to glean from over the years and uh, learn from. Brother Mason being my youth pastor even now, this morning even ministering, I still get to hear him, and it's just such a blessing just to hear him minister because he gets to do it. He does it in a different way than other people. So I hear it differently, and it just it's just something that takes me back to being in youth, I guess. And then we've got, you know, Zach and Alex who are just moving on up. They're just, they're going to leave me behind, I think so, but, but that's okay. But uh, they're doing great. I uh, just appreciate them. Because I think I, when we're here and, you know, Brother Mason's been gone before and Bishop has been gone and we said they're just entrusting it to the kids. <clears throat> it gets kind of scary, but when I think about it, we actually are getting older. And I don't know how much I like that. But, uh, but anyway, we'll, we'll get there. But I'm going to be turning to Hebrews 12. We're going to read verse 1 and 2. Uh, and then you'll be able to be seated and I'll try and not keep you too, too long tonight. Um, but Hebrews 12, 1, verse 1 and 2 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Verse number 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. This is a verse many of us have probably heard multiple, multiple times uh, from this pulpit or a pulpit. Uh, just so great a cloud of witnesses that goes before us. This isn't something new. This isn't a newfound faith or whatever. It's something that is... Uh, very, very old, and we have people to look up to, but uh, what I want to focus on tonight is the last part of that verse one that says, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. My title tonight is Can't Stop, Won't Stop. Can't Stop, Won't Stop. Can you go to prayer with me? Heavenly Father God, Lord, I thank you once again, Lord, for allowing me to be able to be up here and to minister for the word that you have given me. Lord, I pray that you would uh, anoint these lips of clay, God, that you would remove any air from my lips. Allow me, God, to deliver the message, God, that you have laid on my heart to deliver tonight. For a time such as this, whether it be for somebody in-house, somebody online, 
for each and every one of us. God, I thank you for what you're doing, and I thank you for what you're going to do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And the church said, amen. Amen. And you all may be seated. As Brother Mason would say, that's a courtesy, not a command. Over the years past, this sayings that kind of stick with you. But for me, running has always been something that has been easy. It's, it's always come easy to me. You all know. You all have heard about my running stories throughout the years. It's just something that has always been easy. Uh, the, all the sports that I participated in high school, they all involved running. And I'm guessing just because it came easy. I ran cross-country track, and I wrestled. And all of those sports, whether it be conditioning or the meets, it all involved running. Wrestling, you had to run just to make weight. So I was always having to do that because I like food. Not that you guys can imagine that. <clears throat> but I was always running. So for me, it didn't matter if it was a short distance, long distance. It didn't matter. Um, I could handle it. It's just something that just has always been easy for me. <clears throat> but I know that running is not for everyone. <laughs> Amen? Zach, do you like running? No. No, Zach does not like running. We've, we've talked about this. I know running is not for everyone. And I know I've heard many times over the years that uh, people have said, the only time you're going to see me running is if something is chasing me. If it's a bear, if it's a cat, if it's a dog, if it's the cops, it's, it's whatever. <laughs> you know, the only time you're going to see somebody running is if somebody is chasing them. But like I said, it's something that's always been easy for me. I could uh, still today, I could go out and just randomly decide to go run. I do that even still. Uh, two to three miles is not not difficult for me. When I leave my house and I'm like, just, I'm feeling okay, so I'm like, oh, I'm going to run. If I run from my house uh, out to the college and back, it's just shy of three miles. And if I cannot run the whole thing, I feel like disappointed, even if I haven't ran it in like six months. But sometimes it gets harder, and the older I get, and the less frequently that I do it, the harder it is, and the longer my recovery is. Brother Mason, you can attest, I'm sure. <laughs> you found out several years ago. <clears throat> no, I'm kidding. Um, but, um, but yes, I'm not going to lie. It's, we, matter of fact, we played basketball. When Isaiah was here, we went and played basketball. And I got beat, but that's beside the point. Okay, I'm not a basketball player. I'm not, it's whatever. But I'm not going to lie. My knee, my right knee was probably swollen for the next, like, week and a half. Like, if I would, like, squat down, I felt like the thing was going to pop. And that's just, I don't like that because that means I have to admit something that I don't want to admit. So I'm not going to admit it tonight. <laughs> but but uh, it takes longer. But when it comes to running, I was always told that running is 10% physical and 90% mental. Now, anyone, anyone that hates running says, no, that's a lie. It's, it's all painful and it's all... 100% physical, but as I began running, because it was something that was so easy for me, it kind of actually made sense to me, because um, while I was running, my brain goes nonstop. Anybody who's ever ran for any distance, I don't know if your brain does this, but my brain goes nonstop. I like to talk, so maybe that's why it goes nonstop. I like to talk to myself, too, just in head, internal dialogue, but uh, the questions just start going, am I going fast enough? How much longer? <laughs> Man, this is a good song because <laughs> I'm always running with my earbuds. <laughs> what mile am I on? Man, my legs hurt. <laughs> I 
Man, it's hot today. <laughs> Why is this so hot? Man, my shadow looks terrible. I'm not kidding. That is, a, that is a thought that I've had. When you've been running the sun, I'm like, do I really look like that? It's a thought that goes on, I promise, all right? Um, my shadow looks terrible. You can do it. I want to quit. <laughs> Why do I do this to myself? Oh, here comes someone. I better start running again. <laughs> oh, you're halfway there. Just keep pushing. And so on. Those are, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Those are all legit questions and conversations that go on in my head. <laughs> but because my body knows what to do. My legs, they know to go one in front of the other. My arms know to swing right to left, you know, forward, backward, whatever it is. Um, my body knows what to do. I don't have to think about it, so it just allows my brain to free roam. But because my brain can free roam, sometimes that's what hinders me from finishing my run. Because my brain will say, yeah, you are in pain. You better walk for a little while. You better stop. You better, you better just hold off a little bit. You, maybe you pulled something. I mean, <laughs> especially now at my age, right? So after I start walking, it becomes harder to run again. So after you stop, and I've done it, and I, I've stopped, and I'm like, why did I even stop? Because now I just don't even want to run anymore. And so uh, I know that our walk, so that's me while I'm running, and I know that our walk with God has always, always been likened to a race or a run, whatever. It is all, th all throughout Scripture, you're going to see that it makes reference to running a race. We just, my opening Scripture talked about it. And the more I think about it, the more it makes sense. So the more I'm sitting down studying for this message, the more it just made sense to me. And it wasn't necessarily the um, 5Ks that I've run or the three miles in high school or the two miles on track. It wasn't necessarily those runs that it began to make sense. It was when I, taught, when I was thinking about the half marathon that I ran. Because a half marathon, it was 13.1 miles. I have yet to run a full marathon, and I really don't know if I want to do that to myself. I do, but I don't. It's, it's, it's an internal struggle. We'll figure that out one day. But during a marathon or a half marathon, there are aid stations all along the way. These aid stations, they have drinks, snacks, power gels, whatever. I didn't even know what these were until I ran a half marathon. And uh, they have these all along the route, all along the stations. Um, because when you're running for that far that long, you are expending so much energy, right? So like a couple miles isn't bad. A couple miles, some people might feel like death, but to it really, in reality, it's really not that long. It's just, it's just, you know, even if you run a 10 minute mile, that's 20 minutes, 30 minutes. It's not very long, but um, when I ran the half marathon, even when I was in decent shape, it took me over two hours to run slash walk. It wasn't all running, unfortunately. Maybe one day I'll get there. But if you do not take advantage of these aid stations, you'll become weak and dehydrated, and it becomes very difficult to keep on running. That's why they have them, so that you can continue maybe at the pace that you're at so that you can continue on without expending too much energy. But if you're like me, I know when I first ran it, I didn't think I needed that aid station. You may feel really good at the beginning of the race, that you think you don't need anything from the aid station. You don't need a drink. You're like, oh, I still feel pretty good. I'm not really thirsty yet. Um, I really don't want to carry a power gel or whatever it is. I don't, wanna, I don't need that. I'm good. I'm feeling all right. Because you've been training a little bit for it. 
so you feel okay. But by the time you get to the next one, it may be too late for the drinks and the power gels to do what they needed to do, right? So if you take it along the way, then you are being sustained along the way. But if you skip the first one and you're waiting till the second one, you just expanded double the energy and you're, that, it's going to do something, but it's not going to be as effective if you would have just got it at the first station and then the second one. The start of your walk with God, you are excited. The feelings are new, right? Just like when I was running that first part, I was feeling really good. You learn the Holy Ghost is real, and you want to tell everyone about God. Your experience is, if you've talked to anybody, anybody who's come in here and who's, who's done drugs, they say it's not like any high that they've ever felt. Anyone that's had an addiction, it said it's not like anything they've ever felt. It's like anybody who hasn't even had that, you're like, well, I'm, I did not feel this at the other church that I went to. It's something new, and you want to tell everyone about it because you want them to experience the same thing. But as you're running, you become tired because not everyone is as excited as you are. Not everyone wants to hear it. We know that. And, I mean, sometimes that's why we get discouraged, right? Because not everybody wants to hear how, what he did for us. Because they haven't experienced it for themselves. So you settle into your pace, right? You're like, all right, now I know where I'm good here. I don't, nobody wants to hear it, so I'm just going to work on me. So you try not to lose ground. You know, you've gotten this far. You don't want to go backward, right? <laughs> you don't want to go back to the old lifestyle because you know how much better you are now, Right? Like, you can still remember what your life was like before, and even though somebody else doesn't want to hear about it, you know what God has done for you, and you don't want to go back. <clears throat> so just like in the marathons, just like in the half marathon, we have aid stations. Amen? I never really thought about it like this until I just, like I said, I began to study. What are our aid stations? Our aid stations are our weekly services. There are prayer meetings. For everyone who just got back from camp, there are camp meetings. Ladies' conferences, men's conferences, for our youth, national youth convention, section rallies, Bible studies, small groups. These are all our aid stations. These are all things along our run, our walk with God, that are going to keep us sustained. But if we fail to visit these aid stations, our run becomes way more difficult. Amen. Our energy gets depleted and we become weak. So what happens when our energy gets depleted and we become weak? We start going through the motions, right? And so just like in running, when my body knows what to do, we're going through motions. So what does our brain do? It starts, it starts having its own battles. The battles of our minds start getting stronger. What am I doing here? Why? Why am I even here? Who am I? Who am I? Who am I that God would even use me? My past is too messed up. Man, if they only knew everything that I'd done in my past, there's, there's no way. No one would even notice or care if I didn't show up. I'd, I mean... True transparency, I'd be lying if these thoughts hadn't crossed my mind. It happens. I don't have anything to offer God. I'm just, I'm just a plain old person. I'm just like everybody else. There's nothing special about me. 
I can't preach. I can't sing. I can't play an instrument. I can't, and fill in the blank. Whatever your I can't is. Because these are things that my mind thinks of, but that's not to say that's what your mind thinks of. And if we're not careful, we start believing every lie of the devil. So we have to have our mind made up. We have to understand that we cannot give in to each and every one of these lies, each and every one of these battles, each and every one of these things that are going to come up that you're no good, you're not good enough, you, you'll never make it. Hebrews 10 and 23 says, Let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. We have to have our mind made up. We have to hold fast. So when I was studying this, the, with the way I work, sometimes a, a, a title will come to me and then everything just kind of like starts to flow off of that. And so can't stop, won't stop was just something that just kept repeating. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm thinking of like, you know, can't and won't. And so can and can't are words that we, uh, that we use um, when we may not want to do something. Right? <clears throat> they denote an ability or an inability to do something. They are not usually associated with someone with a mind made up. Because you may ask someone if they can do something, and their response is, I can. Meaning that they may have the ability, but not the desire to. Have you ever responded with, a, like, someone asked you a question, and your response was, I can't. Not because you didn't have the ability, but just because you simply didn't want to. I'll admit it. I've done it. You know, I, yeah, I can't do that. You know, <clears throat> Zach McGee uh, has always told me something his dad has told him, and he probably knows what I'm getting ready to say. Can't, can't, because can't doesn't want to. It's not because it's an inability. It's just a lack of desire, right? It's just because it doesn't want to, Right? And so when I first heard this, man, I'm just sounding like, it just sounds like it's repeating words. Like, <laughs> what are you even saying? But when it finally clicks, you know, it's, it makes sense. It just can't because it doesn't want to. It's not because you don't have an ability. You just lack the desire. But will or won't are used by people with a surety. There is no question about it. They will either perform the task or they won't, Right? If you ask them, if you ask somebody to do something and the response is, I will or I won't, that's it. That's the end of the discussion. They're either going to do, well, and this goes if you trust the person. Because, you know, someone might say they will do something, but then they forget. But if you can trust somebody, if you ask them to do something and they say they will, it's going to be done. It's not, I can, but I really don't want to. It's going to be taken care of. It, it removes any doubt. It re, that's the end of the discussion. So if we say we can't stop, that means that we have the ability to stop, right? If we can't stop, it means we just don't have that ability. If we say we won't stop, that means we've made up our mind that no matter what, we will keep moving forward. But for those that do not like to run, <laughs> for you guys, and probably me in my near future, Ecclesiastes 9 and 11 tells us that the race is not to the swift. We've heard that scripture. I mean, it goes on to say more than that. You know, the battle is not to the strong and stuff like that. But the race is not to the swift. You do not have to be the fastest. So you can walk. 
You can run, walk, do what you need to do. And the Bible also tells us that the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Right? Man, isn't that just some reassurance for some people out there who may not be fast, may not like to run, but all you have to do is keep putting your foot, one foot in front of the other. Just keep pressing on. Keep moving forward. This race is an individual team race. Right? So it's kind of like when I was in cross-country track. It's a team. You're a team, but it's also an individual race. It's a team race because we are one body. We're all here. We're all in this together. We're one body. But it's also an individual race because no one can run it for you. Amen? We cannot win just because our team is winning. You know, just because our best five are out front, that doesn't mean we can, like, step back and we're going to win. We're going to make it there. You know, we've said it time and time again that no one can get the Holy Ghost for you, right? No one can do it for you. You have to seek it yourself. But this is not meant to be a competitive race with only one winner. Sometimes that's the way we look at it. As this race, we all have the end goal is the same. A place we want to make it. But sometimes we bicker, we gossip, we do things amongst ourselves that makes it seem like it's a competitive race. Like, you know, all the gossip, backbiting and stuff like that. Like, you're going to put somebody ahead of them. You know, you're going to be ahead of them like you're better than them. But that's not us. We're supposed to be a team. Your team is there to encourage you and to help pick you up when you fall. Because we're all going to fall. And that's why, that's why when the disciples were sent, they were sent in twos. Because if one fell, the other was there to pick them up. That's why we have each other. Hebrews 10 goes on in 24 and 25 and said, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. We cannot think that we can do this on our own, right? That's why our aid stations involve people of like precious faith. That's why our aid stations are coming to church, are going to camp meetings, are going to conferences, are going and being with people, not being by yourself. There's, there's a reason that the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Because you cannot be alone and be saved. You, when one person is alone, it is so much easier to be attacked. And you think that you're the only one going through whatever it is that you are going through. And that's not the way it's meant to be. So if you please stand, our musicians can come. We need to make sure that we are lifting up one another. We're not tearing each other down. We're not thinking that we're better than one another. We are in this together. We are all one. All of us are at a different mile marker in this race. Amen. I started coming to church when I was 20 years old. This church. I came to know truth when I was 20 years old. There's people that have been here since birth that are on a different journey than I am. They're at a different mile marker. But we're not all meant to be at the same mile marker. Because the mile marker you're at, I might not be there yet, 
but when I get there, you're going to be able to help me get past that. You're going to be able to help me push on because that might be the mile marker that I am weary, that I am just completely distraught. And you're like, I've been there. You're going to get through it. God has given us the power of choice. Brother Mason said it this morning that God is a gentleman. He's not going to force you. So we have to make up our mind that we cannot stop, we will not stop. We will keep pressing toward the mark. We have a calling on each and every one of our lives. And each and every one of our calling is different. But we cannot stop. We cannot stop. We have to make up our mind. James 5 and 11 out of the English, English Standard Version says, Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job. And you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. We have to remain steadfast. You cannot just give up. You cannot just stop. It is a race. There is a finish line. There is a finish line. And our goal is in this race is to make it to that finish line. Because if we get halfway there and we give up, what was it all for? Amen. So it doesn't matter if you're first, if you're last, if you're somewhere in the middle. We just all want to get there together. We all want the same goal. At the end of my life, at the end of my life, I want to be able to quote 2 Timothy 4 and 7. And the English Standard Version reads it this way. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have kept the faith. If I get to the end of my life and I cannot quote that, I will have gone astray somewhere along the line. I don't want to lose the faith. I want to finish the race. Anybody who has ever ran a race and has finished, there's people there, that, there's something about that half marathon that all along the race, there was people cheering you on. They weren't rooting against you because they wanted their next person to win. Everyone was cheering you on. And then when you got to the finish line, because I definitely was not first. <laughs> when I got to the finish line, there was people that were finished in front of me that were standing there clapping as you're getting through because they were excited that you finished the race because they know how difficult that race was. I want to be that person in church that when somebody crosses a mile marker, I'm clapping. Because I've been there. I've made it past it. I know, I know how difficult it is. I've weathered some storms. This altar's open tonight. I just want to encourage someone not to stop. Don't stop. Don't give up in the middle of the storm. Keep pressing toward the mark. Keep encouraging one another. Lifting each other up. We are a family. That's right. We there's times as families we will argue, we will fight, we will have problems. But at the end of the day, we're family. We love one another. We need to encourage one another. We all make up the body of Christ. Let us not leave one member behind. I don't want to have to amputate a hand because they fell short. I don't want to have to cross over without a, a toe or a leg or a finger because I wasn't the one there to encourage them. Whenever they were going through a storm Let us lift one another up Can we just lift our hands right now God I thank you God I thank you for what you're doing God I pray that you help me to continue To press toward the mark 
Lord, to not stop in the middle of it. Lord, to have a mind made up that I won't stop. Hallelujah, Jesus, that I can't stop. I have the inability to stop because I have to keep pressing toward the mark. I want to finish this race, God, that you have set before me. God, because this is what you have called me to do. Help me be a light to somebody else, to be a helpmate to somebody else, to encourage somebody else to continue along the race, to continue to press on. Lord, that way when we get to the end, we can say that we have finished the race. We have kept the faith in the name of Jesus. Let's talk to the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.